Oh my goodness. Happy podcasting day. Okay, so this is Rachel Vote and this is Good Girls Guide 2. Uh, and I just want to thank you so much for being here. I hope you have been having a fantastic week. The weather has been a tad warm, but I enjoy that. I like sitting into the sunshine and just like a lizard. So I hope that it's been great for you. And uh, man, I just appreciate the feedback from last couple of podcasts. It seems like there was uh, definitely some connecting that was going on between the message I was trying to send out versus what was being received to you who are listening. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And oh, just know, just, I mean, send me more of that. Screenshot this in your story. I mean, you know, the more you resonate with it, the more I know. That was my dog shaking his head. Sorry. Um, where to go, basically. So I... I was like, I don't even know about content, but here we go. Let's go ahead and talk about how to contact each other because obviously, as mentioned before, uh, if you feel like you're in a place where free content is what you can devour, well, that's why you're here, right? So you get the free content on the Anchor podcast. You get it on the, the Book of Face. You get it on Instagram, the, the TikTok, uh, at a good girl's guide too. So make sure to find me on all those platforms if you are in that place right now. Maybe you still just vibe with the message. Don't go nowhere. If you're like, no, I can spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on my personal development. Cool. If you're still down to earth with this Midwest city chick over here. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. So, uh, then of course we have our Facebook group where you got to be 18 years or older and of feminine energy. So, uh, if that's a place that you feel like you might be able to grow into learning more about your sexual wellness and intimacy building, I love that group. It's just so fantastic. It continues to grow each and every day by your lovely hands. I don't know where it's going with that. So you guys just mean the world to me and I just love being here. You validate this path that I am on and I hope that I'm able to do that for you in whatever regard, wherever you're going, whatever you decide to do with your life. Uh, be a stay-at-home mommy, be a van lifer, grow a garden in your backyard, become a politician, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, just be happy. So in the midst of that, if you are like, I'm really digging this content. I would like to learn a little bit more. Maybe I'm ready to take it up at a level. Because as, as I like to say, what I've learned actually uh, by several amazing mentors is that free content is free content for a reason. It's great for the person. So obviously it's good exposure for me. It's also a great way to build up my skills because I'm still fairly new to all this stuff, but I'm just putting myself out there, which is great. Gets me out of my comfort zone and allows for me to connect with people in a different medium that works good for them and so on and so forth. So I don't even know why I wasted my time telling you what it does for me because you probably already know, but my point was really more that it's completely cyclical. And so as you continue to grow, you'll invest in other ways to further yourself, in my opinion. And that's what I have seen consistently among successful people. And what I mean by that is that free content opportunity generally is, you know, it's, it's I don't want to say borderline entertaining. Entertaining is not, I mean, it's good. You want to be intrigued, of course, but salacious entertainment is what we're trying to avoid, right? Because that's, that's the world what we're plugging out of when the reality TV is great, but it's not, it's not real, but it's still portrayed. Okay, oh, that tangent, Rachel, right? So, that is free level content. It's a way to obviously devour, devour, devour. And I think that that's just a slippery slope. This is personal experience because we're going to talk about it today. Okay, free content is free content. But you also want to make sure that you understand that part of this becomes that you accept your value is worth the investment. So maybe you don't put yourself down on the calendar for a massage because you think that it's too indulgent or you can't justify it because you 
are kind of playing musical money to make sure that you don't overdraft this month, you know, but you, you, you have the money, but you just kind of have to do that kind of thing. And so, you know, a massage just is like, oh, I couldn't even imagine. So that's, that's free level content. And that's good stuff. But the next level content when you can, I mean, I would say from experience, this is all about just a plug, you know, for getting you to the empowerment class and the one to one sessions, but ultimately it's not because we're going to talk about this today and why I've already, I've already been able to uh, recognize that I have put a, a block in place for myself and we're going to work through it is what's going to happen. And I hope that was what we we're able to do for you today as well. So um, I tend to find that let's say talk therapy, depending on whether you have insurance or not, is going to range. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, well, I'll just say my example because I don't know. Okay. So um, my, when I had health insurance that carried um, mental health, it was know, like, it was pretty affordable. I don't remember now. It's been too long. Um, I want to say it was affordable. I don't know. I was going sometimes four times a month. So I think it was like $50 a session or something like that. I don't remember. 30 maybe. I don't know. But but when I got married and I had to change insurance, it was going to cost me $150 out of pocket to go to each session. And I, I continued with that for a while. But then this old fear crept up in my head that I'm like, dang, dang, that's um, that's something I don't know that I'm worth. So I'll find other ways to uh, personally grow for right now. And we'll put a pin in that. Uh, anyways, so... I find that on average, like your first level investments, you can find stuff for like 25 bucks. But I think that you're probably looking at $150 to $400 or $500 a course. Uh, and that can be anything. It could be a day session. It could be a weekend session. It could be something you buy online. It could buy, be uh, like a go do it, a do, do it yourself course. Uh, it could be like a community that you get into where other people are working on the same goals and things than money blocks or whatever for you. And then you start to get into larger things, I think like $1,500 kinds of stuff. And that's usually, I mean, probably more than just a course. Like you're pro like not just like a book to read. You're probably doing some sessions or so on and so forth. So there, there's these level of increments and there's other, I mean, I, one of the ladies that I follow, Denise Duffield Thomas, she, I recently remember on her story, she was sharing a trip where she, it, like she was on Richard Branson's private island like for a weekend, like with other entrepreneurs and other business owners. And um, I thought it was like for business. And I can't confirm this, but I just recently had heard her also say on her podcast, which I highly recommend too, um, which is, I'll have to get the name of that later because it's escaped my head. But she talked about that you could buy yourself into those types of things and they, they can cost a pretty penny, but you have to think about the investment. If you're paying $10,000 to spend a weekend with millionaires, that equates to, you know, on that other end of the spectrum, when I said, if you're hanging out with people that are paying $150 to personally develop themselves, uh, and not just because they can, because that's what they can afford to do, which is nothing wrong with that. We'll get into this. Okay. We'll have a conversation about it. Uh, but you're probably only able to reach somebody who, you know, makes $500,000 or less a year. You know what I mean? Like it, <clears throat> it's not to sting you and say you'll never talk to a millionaire. You you have the capability. That's what we're talking about today. But you just have to understand that that's how you're going to be shaping your mindset. So right now, Rachel's in free level content. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, I love it. It's part of, excuse me, <laughs> I mean the cough. it's part of my money block. I can say that out loud that I don't know that I, I feel like I'm ready for the bookkeeping and um, even the potential awareness of a larger audience, because especially because my husband likes privacy. And I don't think that that's not doable to not have boundaries. But um, I'm, 
I'm, <laughs> I don't have a boundary on that. So, <laughs> so I sometimes hold myself back, of course, because I want to respect that boundary. And then anyways, you know, so anyways, this is where I'm at because I've been only, I've only been doing, I shouldn't say only, but I've been doing coaching for intimacy. Coaching is the, the bulk of what I do for the last eight years. And then expanding my coaching skills has only really started in the last two years. So it's, it's okay for me to be at a place where this is where we're at. And you know, what I dream for myself is getting more consistent with having guests and then bringing in more specialized guests and more refined guests in terms of like, whatever you think that is. Like, you know, for me, I think that society deems that as like doctors and research scientists and um, other therapists and stuff like that. Great. And um, that's, that's where it's going to go. Um, I envision that. But I I'm realizing right now as I'm saying this that I'm not mad at myself for not being bigger, but I think that I am fearful that I'm supposed to be. Like, I feel like maybe I would be, I don't know, like maybe I, I would have less of my anxiety if I was. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to work out. So all of that to say that we do an empowerment class if you want to get into that, okay? So it's a lot of dissecting this kind of conversation that I'm having here with you right now through a freaking microphone. Uh, but if you're like, man, but this feels like crazy, Rachel. I don't know what I'm going to introduce this into my life. Just so you know, most of us don't start off this heavy-handed. Um, this is why I do the podcast now is because when I was beginning personal development, I was seeking out people with my voice because they were steps ahead and they could guide me through the... <laughs> feeling neurotic about like is this normal like why can't I get myself <clears throat> self-situated in together like I, I, I'm it's hard to be in a profession that this is what you're doing like like to equate if you worked at high V and you were a baker you know that's great you would probably refine your baking skills by doing continued education, but it's not the thing that makes, like you would go to a baking course to learn more about baking. You'd go to a, a continuing ed class to learn about, right? Like I am teaching like learning your life and I have to learn my life as I go along. It's, it's daunting and this really fun little spiritual woohoo-y, um, just personal development thing that you'll, you'll hear very frequently is that, you know, <clears throat> you're called to do something and you're called to do it, whether you put a religious spin on that or not. And I heard even, I would say an even better explanation of this when I just read Jim Quick's book, um, Quick Learning. I highly recommend it, highly recommend it. Uh, and he talked about the fact that, you know, your passion is the thing that you love to do. And a lot of us are passionate about several things. You like to play sports, you like to, you know, worship, you like to well, I said sports, so I like to exercise, maybe like to travel, maybe like to be in nature, whatever it is, that's your, that's your passion. Your purpose becomes one of those that you share with people. And it doesn't have to be like niche right? Like it could just be like, maybe you become um, a ranger because you're so passionate about, it was just 11-11, by the way, on the podcast. <laughs> so <clears throat> maybe you become a park ranger because you love nature and you want to educate people. So And you get to be out in that. Maybe you become um, a con conservationist because of that same reason, right? That's your purpose. And, and I feel like my purpose is to teach people to find their purpose. And that is a lot of freaking stress, right? Like, it's just like, oh my God, it is literally, I'm teaching the thing that I'm learning to be. So I just, I'm always feeling inadequate. I'm always feeling insecure. I'm always feeling like I'm not doing enough. I, and I, and I, and I hate that I'm always talking about it. 
Uh, I recently wrapped up uh, um, a life group. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It, it was, uh, they called it a transformation table. And it was like, it was supposed to be a six week class or something. And it ended up, they had, they extended it twice. I'm just telling you this because our group ended up bonding so well that we met for an additional month after, two months after that. And I, by the end of it, like they were all counseling me and I felt like I was embarrassed because I was like, man, is this like the thing I'm always talking about? Like, have I just, why can't I figure it out? Why am I always spinning my wheels and trying to talk it out? So um, I wanted to bring that into the podcast today as well. Uh, but that's, that's next level stuff. This is like two, I'm five years into personal development and I'm all like on year three of it being incredibly intentional. The first two years I was bumping around just you know, out there learning leadership skills to try to build a team and a direct sales company. So that's where it started. And it just seeped into my personal life slowly but surely and knocked me off my rocker to it was two years ago. No, my baby's three now. So it would have been just like two and a half years ago. That doesn't matter. I'm just making crap up. I'm like wasting airtime here now. Okay. But my quarter life crisis was this epiphany, I believe, and mm, Savannah, if you're listening, this is where I'm going to tag you because you just messaged me about this today. I love you to death. And this is what I was going to tell you about. Okay. So ha, anyways, you know, it was that I had started developing this awareness of what skill set was and what mindset was. This is before I'd gone to talk therapy. So it was like I was digesting all of this information about you could be this, you're capable of that. And, but I was like bombarded with it, but I didn't know how to absorb it. So it was like, yeah, I can. And yes, I believe, but I don't know how to do it. So I believe I'm a shining star, but I just am holding up a flashlight right now at this point in my life. All right. So my quarter life crisis was this thing that I, I feel like it was like it knocked the wind out of my sails because I had a great external life and I was incredibly grateful for it. And I was not invisible to it. I knew that I was very fortunate for the things that I had and the job that I was doing and the family that I was building. Um, but something still didn't feel right. And it, I believe now I can say at a woohooey level that it was my higher power, my whatever you call it, um, higher self is what I would refer to the thing that's like, yo, I've been telling you for a while. This is why I put you on the path of personal development. Why haven't you figured it out yet? Or not even so much that it's just like, girl, get together basically. Right. So you know, it was what I would equate to a lot of people feeling like whenever you're in a moment where you hit your knees, whether you've ever prayed or not in your life, I didn't physically ever do that. But I remember it very vividly. And there's this Facebook post that comes up in my Facebook memories. It's in November because I was doing a gratitude month. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's a picture of me really well put together next to a picture of me holding Olivia and bawling. And I wrote this really beautiful post that I'm still very proud of. Um, it like even like somebody from corporate and pure romance had commented what oh, she like liked it or whatever. And that's a pretty big deal to me. Um, but it was, I won't go into the details of it, but it was basically kind of like, you can feel like this and feel like this at the same time. Sorry, I need to get a drink of water real quick. Um, and the thing that resonated with me is that the post was actually so real. Uh, so real, not surreal, but now surreal looking back at it is because the picture holding Olivia was not me faking crying in a, in a sense. Like I would, I'm, I'm amazed at the fact that it's going to make me emotional talking about because I don't think I've ever talked about it, that I had the ability to cry on demand that way and not, <laughs> it wasn't fake. The fact that the the emotion was at as it was at the surface the whole time, 
that I could call upon it, that was it. Was that you have this amazing fiance, you have two beautiful boys, one you can't get your shit together with because you're a terrible stepmom. One who you're worried about all the time. And then you also have this tiny little peanut that you and your husband just had. And you, you're not going through postpartum depression. You have a thriving business. You have a very successful business. You wouldn't say that right now about yourself. But you've, you've been able, you've, you've successfully done this business for years now. Why do you feel like a big pile of crap? I feel like I'm, I am my higher self telling myself this message two and a half years ago. And I'm getting it right now. Like in, in another dimension. Okay. Why do you feel this way about yourself? Why are you so empty? You have to get your shit together. You have to get it, you have to get it together, not even because of the sake of anybody else around you, because you know you're always going to do that. You've already already done that. And so is your husband, and so is everybody else. So don't think you're special in that regard. But what I'm saying is that you need to get your crap together for yourself at this point. Because you're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. That's what I was feeling. And it was like the first time I feel like I ever had a, a voice louder than the critic inside of me. And that was a pivotal moment for me because of a long string of universal moments that just absolutely catapulted me into massive happiness and true genuine happiness. I know some people may question it. I don't care. And nobody's ever said that to me. I'm not trying to stir up any drama, but I think that's probably true of anybody who has that, that grade of change that quickly. <clears throat> I mean, I drew a lot of attention. I, I, I'm going to say this and I want you to hear my heart. I capitalized on that change. Not intentionally. I didn't, I didn't think that when I was crying to myself that, well, I'm going to go through this change and I'm going to document it and I am going to be wickedly successful from it. I did not expect that. <laughs> no, I still talk about my quarter life crisis at my parties as this moment that I was actually kind of embarrassed about because I did not really recognize that I was falling apart on social media. And it's, it's humbling because one of my girlfriends was like, I don't think it was really as bad as you think it was. But that's, that's my story. That's why I stick to it. Because that's why I keep up my excuses. Okay, uh, I'm working through it. So you know, that was it. That was, um, you know, I, I mean, I'd say the biggest thing that came from that was talk therapy that um, I, I still swear Jackie changed my life. She does I mean, she still rings in my head more often than I would have ever expected having not seen her for a year. And that's pivotal because I still find that my monkey mind, that chatterbox, the, the thing that was speaking to me so loudly until the big booming voice did once, um, it's lessened so much. Like, it's quieter. It's still there. And she's... She's just not as snidey as she used to be. She's just not as vindictive. Oh, God, she was gross, you guys. Like, I don't ever want to write a book about the way that I was, but I think people would say that. You know, I'd write a book about some of the shit that I did, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I would like to say my amends to people, and I would like to move on, and I would like to acknowledge that I'll never be that person again. And I don't want to be that person again, and I understand why I was that person at those times and why I said the things I would say about people and why I would... Um, I think that I probably manipulated people more than I knew I was. And it, like I said, like I'm not consciously, I can recognize it now. It was just, a, it was behaved, behaved, it was learned behavior is what it was. So now that we're 20 minutes into the podcast, um, if you'd like to do the empowerment class, you can sign up for that for the last Wednesday of the month. <laughs> okay. The last Wednesday of June, um, I'm doing one. Uh, it is online. It is Zoom. And it is entry level stuff. 
Okay, and not, I don't want to even say entry level, like it's a good refresher if you feel like you've stepped outside for a while, but it's a really good place to be, especially with the energy of other people who have this intention of moving forward in their life. And I've had some people who have made massive change immediately. I've had some people who planted the seeds and then it took a little bit. And I've had some people that I've never heard from ever again. And that's okay. That is okay. That's what I love about it is that I detach from thinking that my success has to be with following up with people all the time in a sense that I can't trust that they'll go out and do the best thing for them. Oh my God, did you hear what I just said? Back it up and listen to it again. I can detach from the fact that my success does not have to be on a string of following up with people because I trust that they will do the thing that's best for them. I can't believe I just said that. Holy self, higher one. I, I'm really proud of myself for that because I still struggle with having a follow-up system. I still struggle with understanding that you'll make more money if you would just follow up that person who said they were interested in that item you'd make more money if you just follow up with that girl who said she wanted to do the empowerment class three times and still hasn't signed up <sighs> I can't I can't force anybody to do it I can only stand on this platform on all of them that I have and shout this message which is what you can do for yourself as well in whatever capacity that you want right is whether it's changing your health and wellness whether it's like correcting some expectations in your relationship um, or trying to heal yourself from any of that whatever it is <sighs> that's what you get from it the empowerment class is a review on your life. Why do you think the way you think about anything? And do you want to think those things? And if not, how can we still start to help you reshape your mind about those? So that's what it's all about. And if you've taken the class or you feel like maybe you've gotten some personal development under your belt, or you just really enjoy this conversation that you have with me and you'd like to make it personable, then let's do a one-to-one. -one. I am spitting fire because I am dehydrated. That's not hard drinks. Okay. Um, so you can reach me at a good girl's guide to at Gmail. Uh, the easiest way is really Facebook Messenger, but I have no preference. And so just reach out to me if you are interested. Okay. So all of that really a great squirrel content to talk today about kind of recognizing this within yourself. I'll tell you from a personal development level to wherever. Okay. I don't, there's no, there's no numbers to it. So, you know, just a little, just a little bit in, I, I, I know that I've, I've wrote one full book on this for myself. I know that I'm at least on the second part of my trilogy and God knows how many trilogies there's going to be. Of course he does. I mean, <laughs> who else would, but today is going to be kind of a conversation about the fact that Everyone you interact with in your life is showing you a, a reflection of who you are. You may or may not have ever heard the phrase like the, the world is a mirror or something to that effect. And I have heard it and 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 heard it. I've been trying to, I mean, I planted the seed a while ago and kind of dismissed it, right? That's what we tend to do when we plant seeds. Um, I come back to it. I watered it the next time I heard it in a book, right? But I still kind of let it go. And the next time I heard it from a podcast, then I let the, the, the sun shine on that seed, right? So it's, it's now kind of becoming a habit to think about the fact that the world is now a mirror because I've been thinking about it for longer than 21 days. 21 days makes a habit and 90 days forms a lifestyle change, right? So I'm getting closer and closer to understanding that when I see something in somebody else, it's supposed to be a reminder to me to check myself, okay? This is, this is such an imperative tool for me because what I have said in the past is that 
what I've learned, of course, is most important for me to tell you, I didn't come up with this original idea, was that we can only control ourselves. We have to understand that our circle control is right around who we are. And anything that is beyond that is influence. And the the problem that Rachel had at a long portion of my life, and I, I find that a lot, I believe a lot of people may struggle with this and they, they're unaware of it because I was too, right? Okay, I haven't been for years, is that we believe that we change everything on the outside because we believe that we control those things. And it is easier to con- to control and change those things than it is ourselves because we're already struggling with change. We don't know why we can't change a lot of things, even if we've got really great steady things like, oh, sorry, that's a dog again. Uh, maybe maybe you're great by going to the gym consistently and maybe you have a great um, a job and your relationship is doing okay, but maybe your mental space is just fucked because of your trauma, because of stuff you never healed, these limitations that you think about yourself, uh, even if those things are great but you're worried that your boyfriend's always going to leave you your partner's always going to leave you you're always going to get fired even though you do a fantastic job any of those things are possible so my point is is that we want to make sure that oh okay hold on one second oh my gosh sorry about that the dog this is well let him in when we film anyways so what we were getting to was that the fact is that Everything in your life is like a mirror. We're just going to pick up from where we have these notes here. Uh, And I believe that this does make sense once we start to think about it because like attracts like, right? So this means if I'm feeling really great, I'm probably going to attract other people who are feeling really great about themselves because we want to hang out with each other. You know, I don't want to be hanging out with people who are depressed and anxious and who are talking about sob stories if all I want to do is succeed, right? I'm not speaking personally. I'm just saying in general. You probably don't want to hang out with a bunch of your single friends who are just drinking and trying to hang up, hook up with guys if you're married in the bunch, right? You probably don't want to go to the water park that's only for toddlers if you have zero children. It just makes sense that like attracts like. And that's just surface level. So we were talking about a level of control, circle of control, right? So influence and everything outside of that is just or I'm sorry everything outside of your circle of control is all about influence and so this is this is hard because influence works it works in advertising it works in parenting it works in peer-to-peer it works in you know a business structure so it's hard because we think that it works we're programmed that it does I will get this car and I'll feel better about myself that's influence right I change my status by driving a car living in that neighborhood having those clothes getting that Botox having my hair bleached whatever it is and that's all external stuff I can change. I can try to change my partner. My partner, my expectation of me feeling like I'm in a successful relationship is a partner who provides and puts food on the table and blah, 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 whatever, right? So everything is a reflection of, of who we are. So if we're putting out this attention, then we're going to get it back. Okay. Now, this is always difficult when we, we go into the subject about uh, mistreatment of other human beings. Uh, and I've, I, you can research this yourself. I, this is my takeaway from what I've learned in spiritual growth is that nothing is ever asked for, of course, or deserved. When something terrible happens to people, it's not that they were praying or even asking to be um, physically or emotionally or spiritually abused. It's that the person attracted that in some way, shape, or form. So just as an example, it's potentially a level of showing an insecurity that you have around worth or fear or security or safety. So it's not a direct correlation that you asked to have an abusive parents. You know, it's not, that's not what it's saying. That's, that's not what it is. So that's a different conversation to go into for a different day. We just want to just kind of scratch that out because it's, of course, nothing that we'd ever promote. We're on the opposite side of that. Now, 
I would also, by the way, um, say that if you can resonate with any of those things, you know, I would I would highly encourage to seek professional help, uh, a, a talk therapist, a life coach, um, Al-Anon, um, AA in general, you know, any anything that you can do to find support that you can try to heal those traumas, because those are very, I would say those, those are the most open wounds that people have, um, much open wounds. And obviously they take longer to heal because you got to find an alternative because the stitch won't fit, right? Now, where I believe I've started to get to in personal development is I don't, I, I don't, I'm not claiming that I think that I've healed all my traumas. I think I'm unearthing <laughs> more and more every day. Um, and again, don't let that scare you because that's the necessary part about growth is that's why, why it hasn't worked before for you is because anytime you felt an uncomfortable emotion about who you were or even a subconscious feeling about it, that's why you picked up the cigarette again. That's why you got off of the eating cleaner. That's why you stopped moving your body. That's why you started harboring resentment. Uh, that's why you started overeating again. You know, so it's to give yourself grace and understanding that you're not a failure. You're trying. And each time you try again, you get a little bit farther. You build a little more resistance to it. You felt the feeling a little bit longer. I still overeat, y'all. Okay, we'll talk about like the story of my tooth getting pulled for another day, okay? But that's another block that I put on myself, okay? But um, once you heal the bigger open wounds, you'll start to find that you have littler mosquito bites. You have like a an ingrown hair that won't go away, okay? I'm not gonna continue describing skin abnormalities to dissect the, the spiritual growth connection. But that's what I'm saying is that I think that when we're addressing growth, that it's easy for us to envision large traumas like that um, because they're more visible. And for a long time, the sneaky traumas weren't even in people's awareness, like you didn't even know that emotional abuse was a thing, uh, uh, you know, neglect was a thing. I mean, I was having a great conversation with a girlfriend yesterday who was saying that her, her boyfriend can remember growing up and he said, I don't remember my parents telling me once that they loved me. I never felt like, you know, I was um, not taken care of. I just never heard those words. And you almost wouldn't even dream of that today. Like people not saying that. And that's obviously just an assumption, but it's just an example, right? That subtleness is sneaky when it comes to trauma. Okay. So all I can really do is, um, kind of go into a story time and see if I can present to you how trauma is sneaky and how it really is all about us and not who we ever think it's about. Um, so, the reason I preface that is because the story itself might portray somebody I love very dearly in a negative light. And that's not the intention. It's to get my perception of what was going on in my own life out. And I'll give you the spoiler alert that I'm wrong. And that's why I'm telling you this lesson because it's very hard. And it's, it's something that I haven't even vocalized to the person it needs to be said to yet because I haven't even fully processed it. So I'm working through it right now. Um, but it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to have felt the things I needed to feel to feel the things that I feel right now. Okay, I'm going to say that again. It was necessary for me to feel the things I had to feel to feel the things I feel right now. Okay, so I had to go through the, I had to go through the low level emotion. I had to accept that I was feeling that and allow myself to feel it, which was, which is the big thing. Um, whatever consequence came of that, whether that is I didn't eat for a couple days or I was kind of in a crappy or low level mood or I had low energy or I needed to sleep a little bit more or whatever, whatever. 
I allowed myself to go through it. And now that I have done that, I am no longer shoving it under the rug. I'm no longer lighting up the cigarette. I'm no longer swiping my Amazon card. I'm no longer cheating on my spouse. I'm no longer um, snorting a bag of cocaine, right? I'm not doing those things to avoid the feeling I didn't want to feel because I felt the damn feeling and it's gone. I felt it till it couldn't be felt no more. Okay. So, and I, I so that's why I said I prefaced that story with that knowledge of it. Um, but then also, because like I said, it's not to portray anybody in a negative light. It's to, to, so that you can really envision that when you get mad at somebody or you're frustrated with somebody, if you're anything other than happy towards somebody, it's a reflection of you. It's not about them. It doesn't matter what's coming out of their mouth. You're allowing the things that they're saying to trigger you in some way because you believe them on a level that you don't want to. Okay, so we'll get into this. Okay, so like I said, story time. Uh, quick stuff, background that you may have heard if you've been a, uh, a listener for a while, or you're, you know, you know me personally from content or whatever. Um, just really quick, my my mom and dad dynamic growing up was hard. It was push and pull because my dad was very much a provider. My mom was pretty not independent. And so for me, I had a dynamic where I bonded with my mother very much, but I, em I emulated being my father. My mother was very nurturing and caring and my dad was very emotionally distant growing up. Uh, so I grew up and then I really had this push and pull in my identity because I <clears throat> had, I would say this loyalty to my mother who took care of me when my dad did not in a way that I really needed it, um, which my emotional sense was like the thing I over security. Like I, I, I was happy living in a trailer park um, <laughs> like that matters. But my point is, is that I can tell that my emotional need is much more than my physical need. I, I, I don't don't know that I know that, but I'm just saying that right now. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but then from my father's side, I, because I emulated him because I wanted his, his everything, his validation, his attention, his nurturing, his guidance, because I wanted that, I, I wanted to become him because I wanted it. So I had such a push and, push and pull because obviously those are polar, almost polar opposites living in a household. So I had a completely messed up identity for a very long time because I thought I had to be one or the other. And through therapy and talk therapy and a lot of personal development, I, I started to understand I could be both. And I could, I could honestly cherry pick what I loved about being a mom and what I loved about seeing in my father. And I can merge those and become Rachel. So that's important because um, I learned to be fiercely independent from my dad. Um, my mother didn't know how to take care of anything in the house. She didn't know how to pay a bill. I mean, she was very domestic, I would say. So I shouldn't say she didn't know how to do anything. But, you know, in this day and age when most of us know how to log in and pay an internet bill, you know, she still doesn't really even know how to do that. So um, fiercely independent is trauma, by the way. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to say unprofessionally say that. I've seen it enough in other forms of books and podcasts and TikToks and stuff that being fiercely independent is a form of trauma. It's pr protection. It's protection because if you are fiercely independent, then you only rely on yourself because then nobody can let you down. All right. So, um, and I unknowingly that it was a trauma response knew about that. I knew that about myself. I knew that about myself. I totally looked at it as a positive trait about myself. I, I, I honestly expected that whoever was attracted to me was going to really like that about me, that I was independent because I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why, to be honest, because my mom was so domestic. I don't know why I would think that I'm just working this out right now. So I'll, I'll put a pin in that. I don't know why that, but I really did think that that would be a huge trait to who I was. 
Um, and I say this because as I preface this conversation, like when I was in my 12 year relationship with Cole's father, everything was in my name. All the bills, including the house, he was not even put on the house. We were not married. And so that was only in my name. And this is important because I want to make sure that I'm specific that this was not a reference of his character. He paid all the bills 50-50. He would have preferred to be on all of those things. Um, and for whatever reason, I could subconsciously make an excuse or find an excuse like, oh, well, my insurance agent said you can't be on my car insurance because we're not married. That was was the rule at the time. Um, oh, you don't need to be on the house because they'll take my credit and it'll be it'll be a better rate for us. Um, so on and so forth, right? But subconsciously, it was a protection mode because I had an easy exit, which I then used later because I had a clean cut. Every, my name was on everything, so I didn't have to worry about separating anything. He got a, he had his car. Like I didn't take things from him. I wanted to make sure that it's clear. I wasn't I was not a fantastic person. I want to make sure that that's clear too. But it wasn't a personal thing against my ex, and I need to say that because he was a very good man. He was a very good father. It was me being an, an emotionally uh, immature wench, um, but it wasn't about him. That was in general. Anybody I dated into that point would it would have been that way. So I need to make that abundantly clear. But that's that push and pull. I had this conflict as an adult that I want to be independent, but I want to be taken care of. Um, because I think every human wants to be taken care of, let alone the fact that I had this be an independent person, but be taken care of mentality being witnessed in my household. So if you feel that resonance, I'm not kidding you. I know it. like this is not a subconscious thought. This was a conscious thought that I would see. And I, I'm not going to blame this. I'm going to tell you that my influence came from reality TV from um mostly reality tv i would say because i watched trash and i watched a lot of celebrity stuff so like you know these lifestyles of grandeur that were not what i was going to be making at verizon wireless working in a call center my point is is that i was conditioned in this role i it was the, the i was conditioned in this thought sub not reset my mouth i was conditioned in this thought consciously man, I want to be taken care of. I want a sugar daddy. Like, I don't want a, a sleazy sugar daddy relationship. I want a man to take care of me. And I, I've said this out loud before, but I don't know how many people can resonate with that. I really, I would have appreciated that. And I think the difference was, is that because I didn't want a domestic life. I didn't want it to be expected to have a bunch of babies and I didn't want to be expected to clean your house, but I wanted to be taken care of. Not to say that I wouldn't, I wouldn't do my share. I wouldn't even like necessarily have a job. My point is I wanted to feel security and I only knew how to vocalize that by thinking that I wanted a sugar daddy. So that's so important y'all, because again, what we need to do is take the or out of there. It's not, I want to be independent or I want to be taken care of. It's I want to be independent and I want to be taken care of. Those are both things that are plausible for you to have in life. And you should have both of those things. And I'm going to get into that today. Okay. So like I said, here we go to the story. I don't, I don't think I'm going to cry, but I feel, I feel, I feel something's coming to the corners of my eyes, but I'm going to preface the story one more time and tell you that I was wrong and that this, the story will portray a person in a certain light, but I might be overreacting, but because I just need to be cautious about this is all I know. It's not like scary for my own heart. It's all that I'm saying. Okay. So, um, when things fell apart in my last relationship and then I met my now husband, this, there's a reason why I know he's my husband today. And it's because of 
the things I felt in the beginning of a relationship. I'm not going to go into a lot of all the, the lovey-dovey stuff, like things felt different. You know, we waited for our first kiss. We had, you know, magical dates, which I never had, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yes, all those things are true. Um, one of our very first dates when we were getting to know each other, the thing that cement locked that key in my heart that I knew I was with the right person was we were having a very candid conversation, which was new for me. I'd never really done that with anybody. And he, he knew me so quickly and so genuinely better than I almost knew myself. And this was not new to me that my goal was that I wanted to not work in corporate America and I wanted to do my, my in-home party business full time. But he said that to me. He said very clearly one night, a, a date night, it's very obvious that, that, you know, that's what you want to do. You, you know, you want to do that thing full time and that's okay. You can do that. And when I'm sitting in that seat back then as a younger woman, I think what I, how do I, where, where did the thought go with it? So, okay. The thought was that it wasn't in that moment that I felt that he was going to take care of me and I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to contribute to a family. It was that somebody had a mindset and belief that it would work like in my previous situation. And this is not, this is just not an accusation. It's just my belief was that it would never work for me to do my thing full time because I always had to be the primary breadwinner and I didn't know how I was going to do the other thing to make up that much money, I guess. And being in this situation with my husband, him telling me like, Oh yeah, that would work. I could see that a partner is saying that I know that I'm capable to sustain a family to let you live your dream kind of thing. And that's, that was it. That was like a real thing. I was like, whoo, that's a big deal. Okay. So subconsciously, all of a sudden I understand I'm getting what I, what I always wanted subconsciously, very, very little conscious awareness that I'm getting everything I wanted. I knew I loved this person. I knew I wanted to build a life with them. I knew I felt supported and I took off. I did things that I never thought I could do. I was was massively supported. I am massively supported. I've changed my life for the better. I am in this place because of that relationship. And I had never faltered in that that thing, that feeling. I've never faltered. I've never questioned once that I wanted to to or if I would need to walk away from this relationship or get divorced, I've always known that I'll be able to work it out. It's just me building the confidence on how to voice it. So on and so on. Okay. Again, I'm not going to go down those things. Okay. My point is that I pretty much got what I wanted because I had healed my relationship through my husband for, with my dad, basically. Like I understood. I finally felt the things I needed to feel and things with my dad are great. Number two was that I got a really hard look at being a crappy stepmom to an amazing young man which is a podcast for a different day and number three which is I think the biggest is that I got a sensitive sensitive I'm sorry a sense of positive security because previously it was always on me I always put the pressure on me to be the sense of security and I was finally in a relationship that I was being taken care of and I was contributing, obviously, um, but emotionally, I was finally in a place that I felt secure that I was being taken care of. OK, so I want to fast forward eight years later. Here we are. Right. We um, we are in this place where we're married. We had a baby. She's now three. Um, I built a really, really great business. I feel confident in. I feel really good at. Um, and that's just only in the last literally in the last like two years, you guys, just so you know, out of the eight years. Um, another conversation for another day. Just wanted to plant that seed again for you. That doesn't, it's not like I walked off the boat going, I'm an amazing consultant. I know what I'm doing. Okay. Um, but now with being a full-time mom, um, which I've never done before, full-time mom is making me question my identity because it's like, 
how do I push and pull of being a business owner when I'm being a full-time mom? Another conversation for another day. I want to, I want to speed this up, right? So 2020 was a crap shoot. It was a dumpster fire. We all know that. I kind of thought that 2021 would be easier, um, but it's been more convoluted and disorienting for me than it's ever been before. So uh, the reason I share that with you is because I have been going through something off and on all year long and thinking that I figured it out, didn't figure it out. I think I figured it out. I haven't figured it out. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I've been utilizing as many tools as I have. I've been trying to kind of reset my mindset and my routine. And I, I definitely feel like I'm doing the right things. I don't always have the confidence that I'm doing the right things, but I'm trying. And um, what happened, I hope that I can get the value of the story through, is that, you know, being in this identity that I have the ability to be a stay-at-home full-time mom, which I never knew I wanted to be, that's amazing, I'm so grateful. I haven't, I haven't missed any day that I wanted to miss of Olivia's life. And she turned three yesterday. In three years of her life, I haven't missed a day that I didn't want to miss. Right? And so the point of that is that because it changed my identity, it changed this notion of how much I was being taken care of. Like I'm being taken care of more in a sense. Okay? So obviously there's give and take in our relationship. And the, the, my point is, is that for me my security has always been all very wrapped up financially. So yours might not be. Maybe you've always been financially set. Maybe yours is that you and your partner have never been close emotionally. Maybe you and your close have ne uh, partner have never been close physically. Maybe you and your partner can't get close to, you know, your relatives who you want to. There's And it might not even be about relationship, okay? So you just want to pinpoint your thing, okay? So for me, it's this push and pull of not pulling it, not contributing as much financially as I want to because I'm doing the full-time mom thing. And then having the guilt because I want to do the full-time mom thing. And am I doing the right thing? And oh, all this stuff. Okay. So you spend forever on that. You could absolutely spin yourself sick on that. All right. But uh, recently I started reading this book called feel the, feel the fear and do it anyway. And I believe that it's a, it's an older self-help book, highly recommended by the way. Um, and I had this epiphany because there was this story shared in the book where this woman had been in a relationship where she loved her husband and she was very well taken care of and she loved her life. And then at some point her husband had a stroke and it then fell upon her to take care of everything. And she had not ever done anything. It's kind of like a similar situation to my mom. If you see this aha moment coming, okay, I just said that out loud, by the way, didn't really realize it. Uh, and so she had to do everything. She had to uh, um, tend to his business. She had to pay bills, all the, all the normal stuff. And she said that initially she felt very overwhelmed and uh, that she couldn't think clearly and didn't know how she was going to do it. And as time passed and she did kind of get things under her belt and was able to take care of her as well as her husband and the house, she was really proud of herself, of course, and felt really good about that. But it was the reflection of understanding that prior to her husband's stroke, she had actually been living in more fear and anxiety than she had ever really understood or realized because in that state she had always subconsciously had a perpetual fear that she wouldn't know how to take care of herself that if something ever happened to him what would happen to her and it might not have been at a great depth of will I take care of the house and what would I do for money it might have just been a what will I do like I'm so taken care of and so for me I was driving after a party it was like 10 o'clock at night I was like oh my god that's what it is and so like I messaged one of my best friends and I messaged my spiritual advisor and I was like oh my gosh I've had this epiphany that I think that 
I have allowed myself to be too taken care of. And that's why I'm going to say, like, I think that the last couple of weeks, I think I actually was able to tell the story easier without, like, I was really worried about, like, portraying my husband as a bad man. But um, the last couple of weeks, I was in an awareness, an awareness for myself than I'd ever been before. One of the skill sets, so one of the things I have been able to learn as a tool <laughs> from going through all those other personal development steps that I was talking about before, so stick with it, do the empowerment class first, do your first level stuff, get your free content, and then move along, Sally, to the next summit. So whatever mountain you need to climb afterwards, basically is what I'm saying. Um, my, my tool is that I am better at self-awareness for me now. So I can listen to the inner voice more, and I can pay attention to the things that are triggering me better than I've ever done before. It doesn't mean I can stop them. It doesn't mean that I still, I, that I never feel insecure. It doesn't mean that I don't harbor anger towards somebody. Those things still happen very frequently. I'm an incredibly fallible human being. Those are not things you will see on my Facebook, of course, are not things you're gonna put, yeah, I'm gonna put on my Instagram post. Not because I'm not a real human being, but because it doesn't deserve to be there. Like you don't need to see my drama and I don't need to exasperate said drama or validate through other ex ex um, ex outside sources because that's what I used to do. My Facebook memories remind me of it every day. So what I'm able to do now is I have to turn inward. I'm not great at recognizing it fast yet. I'm not great at the turnaround time of, okay, this is what's bothering me and how do I fix it? I'm not great. And so I drag ass and I feel terrible about myself from the moment that I start kicking in of recognizing the inner voice to the moment that I'm pre-resentful. That's what I was trying to say is that I was never resentful of my husband, but I was in pre-resentment of I'm recognizing I'm feeling something. What is it? Why? Instead of I don't want to feel that way about, or, okay, not instead of, because I don't want to feel that way about him. He's not deserving of it. He's done nothing to me. So why am I feeling this way about him? Why am I starting to nitpick at small things that I would have never picked up before? He's a great human. He always asks me, how am I doing? How can I help? So why, why am I? The mirror popped up. Boom, there it is. And I needed to take a hard look at my friggin' self. Okay. So I'm so proud of myself and I'm, and this, I'm, I'm grateful I get to work it out here. So thank you so much for listening to my TED talk um, because I have already initiated the conversation with husband. I just was like, it's very complex. I don't know really how to tell you or talk to you about it. And it's something you're doing. And I, I thank you so much for your support. I'll let you know when I can. So now I can let him know that I can, right? Because um, I'm in that awareness. That's because of all the other personal development I've done and all the feelings I've allowed myself to feel. I, why am I feeling this way about him? And my aha moment kicked in during that story in that pre that personal development book because I had allowed myself to be so taken care of that I no longer felt as capable as I wanted to. I don't feel inept and I, and I feel like I'm a very good wife and I feel like I'm a really good caretaker and I feel like I am a really great intimacy coach, but I was feeling lacking as a human for some reason. And I think it was just because my husband was taking such good care of me. So I'll give you a couple examples. I'm not going to go into all of it, but understand that this started to compile onto me where I'm like, yeah, are you even really taking care of yourself anymore? So just as an example, it's fresh in my brain since Olivia's obviously birthday was yesterday, as I mentioned, is that when I was um, fresh out of the hospital, I had different medications to take and my husband would make me a chart and write them down what time I needed to take them. So so yes, granted, I was freshly having a baby. I will give you that. But he still does it. 
<laughs> like with my tooth extraction last week, um, two pills, two different doses or two different pills I was taking for the pain management and I could take them at the same time. So it's not even as complex as my, my post birth because those were different times. At the same time I could take these and I would still wake up in the, um, in the morning and there would be pills on my nightstand ready for me to get up uh, because and this is there's a lot of contribution to this I, I believe part of it's my ADHD but I've allowed myself to limit my focus and let things get cloudy because there was always somebody there that's had my back for eight years and that feels asinine and so ungrateful to say because everybody wants that it is something I want it's something I deserve and it's something I, can, I will continue to have in my life but I allowed myself to get too far gone of being taken care of my husband's never said like could you like take care of yourself a little bit better you know I think he I think he enjoys it I think he is able to relish in being the provider because he's very good at it you know just like another example though where it goes a little step further for me because yes number one is great I don't mind that he reminds me of those things because I'm not prioritizing my own health right now that's that's a different thing example number two so um, one day waiting for uh, Cole to get out an ortho appointment, the baby, she's not a baby, damn, she's a toddler. We were playing in the car because we were passing time, just telling you for preference because we were playing with the seatbelt. Seatbelt got locked around the, the, the car seat so tightly. Um, she wasn't in it. We were playing, uh, but I couldn't unlock it. And so I just messaged him about it and he goes, oh yeah, no big deal. We'll fix it when I get home. And I was thinking in my brain this is where this is like the started off guys. Okay. The started off. Um, I was thinking in my brain that, well, I wanted to kind of know how to fix it myself. Like I tried to YouTube it and then he was just like, no, we'll fix it when I get you, when you get home. What I realized is that what I wanted to hear was we'll look at it together and see what we can do to fix it. Because I want to learn. I want to know when I ask you, can I mow the lawn? It's not just because I want to take care of you. It's three, 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 by the way. Uh, it's not because I want to just take care of you and take things off your hands from time to time. It's because I want to know how to mow the lawn and not because I'm living in perpetual doom that he will die. Sometimes I do. That is an intrusive thought that happens, right? Uh, I am a human being, but it's more because that there's nothing wrong with wanting to know. He's teaching his kid. Why shouldn't he teach his wife as well? Well, that's a traditional gender role kind of issue that we can talk about for another day. But you see what I'm saying? There's no reason why I shouldn't learn too. And he wouldn't tell me no, of course. It's not that. It's just now I'm in a place in my life where I need to tell my husband those things. Hey, I'm feeling a little insecure about myself. I would really like to learn along with you. And I don't have to say it like that even. It's like, yeah, can you show me once you learn, right? So I just need to be more vocal about that. So... All this is, is a reflection, a mirror that I am currently feeling insecure about myself. It's not that my husband is making me feel insecure because he's taken such good care of me. It's because I would like to feel more independent like I used to. I don't have to go full on 2018, Rachel, well, this is longer than that, obviously, but I don't have to go full on fiercely independent, Rachel, that I kick somebody to the curb because I don't let them in. This is meeting in the middle and compromising. So I've done nothing wrong, but... I've been able now to feel that insecurity and feel that anxiety that I was pressing away and bearing another rug and I'll deal with it because I'm, I'm not going to be mad at my husband about it. I'm going to figure it out, but not figuring it out right away. But I've been able to, and it wasn't me that figured it out, by the way. It was this aha moment, was it not? It was this book I just happened to be reading at 1030 on a Friday night after a party that I've been doing for eight years that it hit me like a ton of bricks and a story that I would have never even expected it to in an alignment that was close to my mother growing up. Right. So, uh, all right. So I hope that you got some value from that. Like, I don't have a lot more to take away from that, to be honest. Like that is personal development. That is understanding. Do you see how tragic it could have been if I would have gotten resentful because he never showed me anything or because he continued to take care of me when I realized I wanted to be independent? 
Do you understand how of a slippery slope it could have been where I all then started judging him because he wasn't doing this or that or because he did that differently or whatever, whatever? That would have been my problem and my fault. Especially, by the way, again, because he opens the door all the time. How can I support you? How are you feeling? I need to, all that stuff, okay? This is a Rachel thing. This is a Rachel's always been insecure and working on that thing, and I need to change that verbiage right now. So Rachel is a secure person who's relearning that security. How about that? Okay, I like that better. So you can do anything but do the work, okay? Like I, I said earlier, I had mentioned that, hey, Savannah, that, that part was for you. That is that is the truth. The ugly truth, if you want to say it like that, it's not. It's beautiful truth when you understand it, that you are not doing anything differently than you would before. Do you not condition yourself before you uh, learn how to run a marathon or play a new sport? Do you not take an art class to learn pottery because you don't know how to do pottery? This is not different. It's just something that we're not conditioned to hear about is that you can condition yourself for life. You can learn new life skills. You can undo some things and relearn new things and many things and lots of things. And you should always do that, especially about yourself and especially about emotions, because that is just something that we don't talk about. We're, we're just not conditioned for a lot. Most of us, I would say for most of us, that's why you're listening to this. If you feel that way, right? Is that you just, some days you just need a reminder, I suppose. So I really hope you got some value from that. You know, um, like I said, I'm going to make sure now, now that I've fully processed it in a healthy way, I'm able, I'm going to finish just letting my husband know. Okay. So thank you so much for being a part of this podcast today. If you felt like you resonated with it in any way, shape or form through a relationship again, if you feel like you worked through maybe some money, money's hard to work through, I think, especially in an example like this, but it still is all about belief and value just so you know, and I'm still working through mine over here and I'm doing okay, but we'll see we'll see right okay so it could be about your wealth and that's more than just money by the way it's about abundance and it's about belief like I had said before it's also about your mental and physical uh, well-being those things are totally connected to each other totally connected and I believe that those two are also connected to your spirit not a lot of people are ready for that so I kind of classify that in its own little category so maybe you're disconnected with your belief and your call to nature or the cyclical process of understanding that everything's connected. Those things are important. And then lastly, your passion, which is what I normally say. But after quoting Jim Quick earlier, you know, I might just have to say, you know, it's your purpose, which is much more, much more clear, I think. So if that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, it took 20 minutes to get through all of the ways to connect with me, just as a friendly reminder, a good girl's guide to at Gmail. And it's 20 minutes at the beginning of the podcast is what I meant as a joke. So don't don't rewind it and listen to how to connect with me. A good girl's guide to at Gmail, Facebook Messenger. Those are the two easiest ways to reach me. But you can find me on Facebook at a good girl's guide to on Instagram and TikTok as well. And the private Facebook page where we talk about sexual wellness and intimacy building because it is kind of my forte and my passion. Not quite my purpose yet, but definitely a huge passion of mine. Uh, but you got to have a personal invite to get into that for sure. So that is all that we got for today. Thank you for tuning into this conversation about those little sneaky little subtle little traumas that we need to heal so I might have just put a little band-aid on that little mosquito bite as I talked about but listen to here listen to here listen to me here what did I not do today right I did not scratch that mosquito bite so much that it ended up getting picked open into a big old gaping little trauma wound like we talked about before so thank goodness for you thank goodness that I processed that I appreciate you like giving me that space and I hope you were able to get something from it so uh, we'll tune in next week for the next podcast and if you got any suggestions or you want to reach me please do so i hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week stay happy stay healthy and wash your hands bye